y'all know about the six degrees of separation, right? No. Yeah. It's uh, the thesis or the hypothesis that... Uh, oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> how, yeah, any one person is, can connect to any other person in the world, but like by six people. Um, um, but do you know about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yes, I was just about to ask if you meant that one as well. Yes. So, I don't. Uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon is basically the same thing. Like if you say the name of an actor, you can, by naming uh, a movie they're in and then another actor's in that movie, you can connect that to Kevin Bacon by oh. six names. But there's a, there's actually a game version of this that I've been playing. <laughs> it's not the, it's like an, uh, this is like, oh, you're trying to get this as quick as po possible, but it's more like a competitive one. I'm playing that's uh, pretty fun, which is basically if I say the name of an actor, Pontus says a movie they're in and another actor in that movie, and then okay. we keep we keep that going uh, until someone can't name an actor and they have to challenge. So if you say a, a movie and uh, Ned can say an actor, you have to be able to say a different actor in that movie, or but you can get oh, an insta damn. win if you can connect it to Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is like the trump card of the of the game. All right. So how 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 would you connect it to Kevin Bacon? Like if I said Russell Crowe, do I have to like? Can I just go? He was in that movie. And if you movie say if you Kevin start Bacon. and you say Russell Crowe, then yeah. it goes ne next. I'll he say says a movie. Noah Emma Watson. Yes, and then I will say uh, Harry Potter. Uh, Alan Rickman. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay, so let, we can okay. keep, we can keep going with this. Yeah, just go for it. Alan Rickman. Okay, who, uh, who who goes next? You go next. You. Uh, die Hard. And 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 I and what was the an actor from that movie? An actor in Die Hard, yeah. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, Death becomes her. A shameless plug for the last episode we had. <laughs> you can go check it out on the platform of your choice. Uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, you're very kind to me there. Uh, then I will say, uh, uh, Mamma Mia and Dominic Cooper. Shit. <laughs> Wait, Dominic Cooper? Is that the guy from Preacher? Uh-huh. I think he was in a Marvel movie? He was Tony Stark's dad? Which, and then he which wasn't one, though? Uh... Captain America, the first one, and uh, Chris Evans, then. Mm. Yeah, I think that checks out. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, just Fantastic Four, uh, Jessica Alba. Um, I'm low-key loving this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, into the Blue. I knew it. <laughs> oh, but now I'm, uh, should I, I want to spice things up. Fuck. Is there anyone else in Into the Blue except for Jessica Alba? I'm the main dude. Uh, yes, uh, but I'm, I'm getting him mixed up with his dad. Fuck it. Is it James Caan? James Caan is an actor, but I don't know. Oh, no, it's not him. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, fuck it. Then I'm just going to go. Uh, oh, no, no, I guess I, I failed then. Yeah, you lost. So, yeah, oh, I lost there. Like, all the odds were for you, actually. That you <laughs> yeah, I played myself. I usually confuse myself when I play this game, and I... I like I think I think one step ahead and I say like something true chess that's not player. Connected. Yeah. <laughs> but I like this. You should, this is you like, should have gone, you should have started with the movie we're gonna be talking about today. 
How would that gone? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we'll all be pretty quickly. Yeah. I think we should like do this uh, every single episode. I'm kind of loving this. <laughs> I, if anything else is a pretty good like warm up thing just to get talking. Yeah, this is my, my like, vocal cords needed it. <laughs> yeah, this is my go to uh, road trip game. But then you can also make it like even more advanced. That if you, because like if um, Pontus would have said like if you would have said Jessica Alba, what was the movie you had before that? Uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, you said Jessica Alba, and I can't think of uh, any movie Jessica Alba's in. I would say Challenge, and then you would have to name a different actor from Fantastic Four. And then that, oh, Michael, and then that actor also gets that Kevin Bacon status. So then you can, uh, like, that uh, actor can also fuck you over. I actually would have failed. Six degrees is Kevin's Bacon. Uh, this Bacon? is a variation with house rules. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are there any set rules for Uno and uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon that yeah. are not house rules? But, like, I'm, I'm quite, like, I don't really know that many Kevin Bacon movies. Or if I know them, I don't know anyone else is in them. But the, my my one that, like trump card is like oh as soon as uh, like uh, Josh Brolin he's like if he comes up it's like okay hollow man but that's like the only one I have. But is it, it, the whole thing with that they chose Kevin Bacon because he's been in a lot of movies or in no movies because I can't remember. I think like it's two like a pretty he's been good. Can't name a single uh, one. Like average. Like he's in quite a lot of movies and like across like different budgets and fame. He's like he's not in everything. And he's in like some obscure stuff and like some uh, more mainstream stuff. So I think he's just like a good average actor. What is Kevin Bacon's absolute most? He has a hundred and two credits as an actor on IMDb. That feels like a lot. What yeah. was like the penultimate Kevin Bacon? Like Uma Thurman. Like Uma Thurman has Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. What's that movie with Kevin Bacon? I'm ashamed to say, but I would say X Men. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I was also like, okay, X Men. Then it wasn't that Woodsman that I haven't seen that I want to see. And foot was it Footloose? Yeah, yeah, Footloose? Uh, yeah but probably Footloose. I was like, why, why him then? I don't know. He it was like spans a few decades, I guess. I think he was the best when he died in X Men First Class. It was a cool death scene. <laughs> speaking That's all of, I can say about Kevin Bacon. Speaking of cool death scenes, um, should we talk about this week's movie? Yes. Can you pronounce the name? Los Cronocrimenes. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Hola, damas y caballeros. Bienvenidos a un nuevo episodio de No de lo Odies, por favor. El podcast donde aprovecho todas las oportunidades posibles para confundir y facilitar a estas putas. Me llamo Philip y conmigo están mis dos co-hosts. Uh, Pontus. Uh, and Ned, totalmente. Bueno, bueno. Okay, that was my, the limit of my Spanish. Um, so yeah, this week we have watched Los Cronocrímenes from 2007. It's a Spanish movie directed by Nacho Vigalondo. And it starts it's Spanish? It's Spanish. <laughs> España. <laughs> um, and it oh, starts. We're going to be hated so hard for this. <laughs> Cara Elajalde, Candela Fernandez, y Barbara Guenada. Guenaga. 
Okay, that's it. I've actually had like a very now. a very heated conversation with a a, a boy from Spain uh, because I was like I like how they like the Spanish in Latin America to me sounds better than the Spanish mm -hmm. in Spain and they ripped me to shreds for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> the only like the dead giveaway in this is like they say vale all the time which is like only used in Spain and that's like the yeah. only good word in I sent you the clip from Curb Your Enthusiasm. How much did, about it did you feel like related to this movie the, when they're doing the Zaratal? Zaratal. Pretty accurate. Concepcion. So, yeah, do we want to go... Uh, how? I guess this movie can have like a pretty quick rundown and a pretty damn convoluted one. So, how do we want to yeah, go I, about this? I vote for Peck. I have one here that's... I don't know how quick I can make it because feel like some things we're gonna have to skip but i'm gonna okay i'm gonna rush through it rush through it uh hector and clara have moved into a new house clara goes uh, to the grocery store hector sees with his binoculars a woman in the forest he finds her naked in the forest and then they get stabbed with a pair of scissors by a man in a coat and pink bandages covering his face hector flees finds a science lab with a guy who tells him to hide in a machine the machine is a time machine traveling hector back to the morning sees himself and his wife he gets in a car crash after being rammed by another car and puts on bandages and realizes he's the man who stabbed himself. And this is after, uh, sorry to intervene, he gets hmm? told by the science guy to just stay put and let the loop sort itself out. Yeah. So Hector realizes at that point that he's Hector number two and he needs to make Hector number one do the same things he did. So uh, Hector goes back in time and Hector two can go back and live with his wife. So all of the things he needs to make uh, Hector 1 go through is uh, the stuff that Hector 1 saw. So uh, it's the, like the woman in the forest, he forces her and so on to strip because otherwise Hector 1 won't go through the same time loop. Uh, Hector 2 then goes back to his house and accidentally kills his wife by dragging her off the roof. Uh, and then he goes to the time machine again and is like, I want to go back to because I don't want my wife to be dead. Fair. Uh, but at that point, he's informed that there's an Hector number three as well. So Hector number two goes back in time, becomes Hector number three. He he is the one orchestrating everything at that point. Like uh, in the earlier on, he went in a car crash that made him put on the bandages. You find out that Hector number three is the guy who ran an off the road and also like a garbage truck that was flipped over from Hector 3 driving like a maniac. And Hector 3 also like shows up earlier than Hector 2 and tells the scientists what to do before Hector 2 arrives at the scene. Yeah. And then uh, Hector 3 uh, goes back. He takes the woman that he found that was naked in the forest. He takes her, cuts her hair and makes her seem like the wife. So when Hector number 2 accidentally kills his quote-unquote wife, it's actually the woman. And Hector 3 is... Just chilling in the backyard with his wife as he realized, like as the whole loop ends. I assume at that point, because mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, everything is in place. Like the loop ends at that point. And yeah, at that point you can also see Hector two driving away from there. Yeah, and like to uh, finish off the loop. Yes, so it just keeps on going. Like Hector, I, I, I'm pretty sure the loop can't end, but it will just keep on going with Hector one, two, and three. It won't, like. This is why I wanted to say I, I really don't like time travel movies because you just get so you get so annoyed with how much you have to overanalyze them to like to have a I, I don't a proper feel pr like there's a lot because I the thing I like about this movie with time travel that it's like it keeps like it's pretty clean 
and like it's not it it gets pretty convoluted but i also it also follows like the rules of time travel because i'm pretty sure like the loop is ended at this point and like as the movie ends like the loop ends there will be no more hectors after this yeah that's true but then you can also get into the argument of like in the beginning when you're seeing the woman in the forest if he's the absolute first hector how did that happen because like the whole thing the only the whole reason the loop is happening is because there are multiple hectares at the same time yeah so the, the, loop... the reason it started is because the machine gets started and yeah i mean the loops you start the loop from somewhere <laughs> like the loop gets activated by him but that's why he's trapped in that loop but yeah, technically but like, he's not trapped in, uh, in it oh yeah it gets pretty convoluted but uh, yeah like hector one can't <laughs> hector one won't find the machine and go back in time unless there's a hector number no two. but since and he hector did find two. it he can't be stopped from doing it either yeah but then the question is how did it start like who started the loop and this is exactly why i just want to say i really don't like time travel movies because <laughs> this is every time i think i just wanted to say that my favorite time travel movie is austin powers because they just pretty much say like don't think about it just enjoy yourself and then they just have fun with it I think everything else just becomes too convoluted, like the discussion we're having right now. You actually unlocked a big pet peeve of mine with one of your sentences just now. It follows the rules of time travel. And I saw this as a letterbox comment as well, and it kind of went ham. Because, like, time travel is not a real thing. So the laws are just, like, things that you've seen in a different time travel movie that you've now accepted as the laws of time travel. So, mm, like... No, I mean, there is... There is there theory behind laws. you can you can time theories are not laws. like that you can do the maths on time travel like not in the same way you can like do maths on X Men X Men <laughs> yeah because X Men is you've also seen in movies so like you know how X Men works but you can't like do the maths on how what would make Magneto work I'm pretty sure yeah. there are people out there who have made like <laughs> real DNA strings about how it would work mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like in my mind. The time travel just if you alter something immediately there's a new reality that just doesn't cancel the previous one and that's how i like to imagine it and every time it, get, it gets like complicated i'm like yeah it's just a new universe <laughs> but, it, I, yeah i kind of like that's the I only way i can enjoy time travel movies. It, that it never like um it never messes up the timeline so you keep it simple in that sense because everything it does serves the purpose of keeping the loop going yeah so you never get like the whole fading out of reality thing that you get like in back to the future because he's not doing the thing to keep the loop going and did, but did it, you find out uh, did you choose this episode just so you can go back and trash robert zemeckis from back <laughs> no, to the future no, <laughs> i'm keeping him out of this one but uh i mean i because like this movie itself i feel like it's it's a pretty simple movie because it's like it's not super simple it's very simple it's like it's straightforward it's like pretty low budget uh and like i i, I kind of like i thought about it as like uh it's a simple movie with a very complicated concept which i think is like kind of rare and especially it's like there's a lot of movies that I, you hear like the concept of a movie and it's like oh that's a simple concept uh mm -hmm. and then the movies kind of like turn to trash like I was thinking, like comparing this to like, have you seen the movie Devil? Yeah, in the elevator. Yeah, the concept of the movie is there's a, a people stuck in the elevator and one of them is the devil. That's a cool concept. The movie I love the concept, good. yeah. Yeah, no. I would like, also like It Follows, I think it's a fucking great concept. Amazing I'm not too concept. keen on the movie. But this is like, the, 
I don't know how we describe the concept of this movie. The concept is like a guy is trapped in a time loop and he's trying to keep it going. It's not a super like endearing concept, but like I really like what the movie does with this concept. I, I feel the reason this uh, movie is interesting in terms of time travel movies and like having high concept is that it's a movie that stars a very average everyday person that is strolling along and for the first like 30 minutes I did not like this movie at all and then I started liking it more and more as the more Hector's involved because the time travel sort of became just like a background thing about the character development of Hector because every loop Hector goes through and as the more damage he's going through he's becoming more and more haggard and like yeah like completely just he's given up basically and he's just walking and around it's, it's also this weird like like how he hector 2 is like almost a villain of the movie yeah and like he, hector 1 he, is the confused like oh what's going on and hector 3 is just like unfaced as i gotta fix this kind of thing and also like in the beginning when you see hector 2 from hector 1's point of view and you're like holy shit this guy is insane and then you find out that he's actually like but you kind of really, already really, knew it was like, gonna be him right yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what I meant was that, like, when you see Hector 2 and he's acting like deranged, you think, oh, this person's deranged. But when you see from Hector 2's perspective, he's like stumbling around and just like trying yeah. to figure out how to make it work. I also really like the first loop, it's like, it's like a horror movie almost, like a thriller. Yeah. Very tense moment where he's being like chased around by Hector 2. And like the, the design of Hector 2, you know, the man in a trench coat with a, a pink bandage around his head, it's like, it's pretty cool, like, uh, imagery. And then, like, yeah. the second loop is just, like, Hector 2 stumbling around, being a goof. Uh, like, the, I really like the scene where uh, he's, he's just standing in the woods, and he know Hector 2 with the bandages, know that Hector 1 is watching him. And he remembers that he did this dramatic <laughs> yeah. turn around, and he was looking at binoculars and just looked straight at him. And he tries to, like, reproduce it, and he fails, like, two times, and just does it super awkwardly because no one is watching him and then the third time you just see someone run away yeah i like that and it also like showed you how far away he actually was because in the first uh uh, instance it happened you didn't really see because it felt like he was super near but he was actually like so far away from him (laughs) and i thought that was kind of funny but you know what this movie proved to me a theory that actually i i had but it's actually wrong and it's that i've always been annoyed when watching time travel uh movies or tv shows because uh, every time somebody realizes that they've traveled through time it takes them such a long time to kind of get used to this and to accept what has happened and i I was i've always been like okay just get over it Mm -hmm. skip that part i want to get to the action and here it took him like what two minutes to be to accept what happened and i realized that i actually don't like that and i prefer to have him (laughs) struggle a bit more with this yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's mainly just like confused and like just wandering around uh, made it less believable I, I, I guess so but this movie also like it doesn't it doesn't like um i can see like the nightmare scenario for this movie if to me if it was like directed by christopher nolan because then we would spend <laughs> so much time you know convoluted like almost like the movie's mansplaining how this concept works to you and in this movie it's like oh i just <laughs> the science guy just draws a quick sketch on a thing that's like oh yeah you just have to do whatever that made you do this and I feel like sense. it made no sense, his explanation, because I feel like the, the the arrow should have been pointing in a different way or the curves should have been different. I was looking at it and I'm like, no, he's not there. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the problem with time travel movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but I guess this movie realizes that as well and doesn't like, it, it doesn't like 
it doesn't give you like, oh, just go with this explanation. It's just like, oh no, this works. Go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I feel that the character of Hector becomes more important than the actual science behind it, and mm -hmm. that's why I I and like did enjoy it a lot more once it started picking up the pace and sort of introducing more aspects of how Hector is changing from going through all of these things multiple times. Mm -hmm. What? Which one is your favorite Hector? Uh, Hector number first. three. Yes. The first. first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I think the first time I watched it, I felt like Hector one. I, I don't know if is he just creepy or like just a normal guy. No, I just related a lot to him because he went uh, to take a nap and he couldn't take a nap and that's me every day. <laughs> but also he felt like he was kind of like, I don't know, he just went there. I, I, he gave me this energy of, oh, we just moved. I didn't really want to move, but my wife likes it. So I'm just trying to get used to this new place. But look at her, she's gardening. But then again, um, maybe we shouldn't have done this because I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> I, I, I thought it felt very natural as an old man. And she's like, you oh, know, just, just sitting in the yard looking through his binoculars because he has nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> he, seems, he seems like a kind of guy who's just like too insecure to be creepy. Yeah. No, but I, I thought Hector at least was absolutely the best part of the movie. Uh, but I wouldn't say that he's a, a creep. He's just a, one thing I noted was that from the first 20 minutes of the movie when it's just following Hector 1, I was like, is this a comedy? Because he's acting so blas like not blasé, but like lack of energy. He's like, I'm being chased. And he's like taking a, a light jog. And then he's like <laughs> stopping to pant for air because he's like so out of shape. But he doesn't look that It was giving comedy, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, it felt really much like he's like, I'm being, like, I, I, I don't know if because I don't speak Spanish, but when he's talking on the walkie-talkie, it's like, I'm being chased by a guy who's about to kill me. It felt pretty much like, Oh, I'm being chased by a guy. Yeah, he's about to kill me. Yeah. yeah is okay, he wearing I'll a bandage? Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, but okay, I'll come over to your place. Mm -hmm. Cool. Bye. Like <laughs> it was, it felt very low energy. And for some reason, I I think I I looked up this on on the Google or something, and I got the great place to search for things. Yeah, I Google Alta Vista is uh, out of the out of the scope of this one. You need to Google for this. Mm -hmm. But when I got this, I saw that. The main actor, he's like an actor slash director uh, in general. So I thought, mm. did he direct this movie? No, the uh, science guy is the director of this movie. Ah, really? Because I thought, yeah, that's the director. That's Nacho. Because I, I felt that, okay, it would make sense that if he directed this movie and it's like, it's his first movie and he's like, he can't do both at the same time. So <laughs> he's like half assing the acting part because he couldn't afford anyone better. But <laughs> I, I, I like the fact that it sort of tied back, tied back into. The fact that you needed to have Hector one start at a point where he's very blase and under like low energy to have it like evolve into Hector number two and Hector number three. Mm -hmm. It was a, a good evolution, even though I felt that the first 20 to 30 minutes were a bit boring and sort of the second you see the guy with the, the bandages, I was like, yeah, it's going to be him. Like, yeah, it, I felt like the, the transformation was a bit too quick for me. I don't know. I mean, I I wanted it to take a little bit more time. And when the red truck came, you knew it was gonna there was gonna, there was gonna be a third one, and uh, I was just waiting for that to happen as well. I, I sort of I sort of I I completely forgot about that. There were a lot of things where I kind of felt like okay, now they've actually turned around, and everything else is just like small details. But then when they actually went through the third loop, and you sort of when you hear 
the woman screaming because she meets Hector number three and Hector number two thinks that his wife and that's why he runs his house. When I heard that, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty clever because it felt so natural that it would have ended at the second loop there. I kind of like, mm. it reminds me like, um, all the, it's like the movie sets up all these things that are going to be used. Like, like you have like the, the knocked over trash can where he finds his coat, or like the red car. It almost reminds me of like a point and click adventure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this item yeah. is just in your inventory. Like, oh, you see this? It's going to be used later. But it's like just a quick thing. It's not like like too evident. And uh, yeah. also, like you said, uh, you, you felt like you wanted more like time to set it up. Mm-hmm. I got them kind of sick of these like... This is more like for TV, but like these mystery shows when it's like, oh, the first episode we set up all this super complicated thing and towards the end of the season, everything is going to make sense. And then that's just the whole like thing. Uh, yellow jackets. Yellow jacket. Like the worst offender for me is what was it called? Dirk Gently. Yeah, it's just like, oh, look gently. at all these random things happening. Nothing makes sense, right? Well, just watch it for like four hours and we'll like set it up for you. And this movie, like, it's it, it does this a little bit, but like way more efficient and less annoying, I think. Hmm. I really appreciated yeah, the a, simplicity of it. That's, yeah, a big plus for me. Yeah, but in the beginning, when it's like when you just dropped in and you first meet, when he, he sees the woman in the forest and he goes up and finds her naked, I'm like, okay, is this going to be like a Twin Peaks situation where <laughs> nothing is nor- like normal? And then when. As soon as you get to the second loop, it's like, okay, okay, now I'm in. Now I understand what's going on. So that's like the whole thing that kicks it off. It's like all it takes to like peak his interest, like, oh, naked woman, better check it out. Ah, boobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if if he hadn't thought, if I had, if Factor 2 didn't exist, he wouldn't have seen the naked boobs. So we didn't, like, the time loop thing fucks up again. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also very surprised there is not an American remake of this movie starring Ethan Oh, it's Hawk. coming. <laughs> it is it <laughs> no i'm no. pretty sure it is uh, this podcast will uh be the the butterfly <laughs> <laughs> shines the beacon it lights this, yeah ethan hawk i feel like Why? they would like if i don't think you could have a non-hot male lead for this movie if it was a uh, an american remake it should be like alfred molina or an oscar isaac kind of moment no, not Oscar yeah, Isaac. I mean, I can see Oscar Isaac. Yeah, yeah, I can see him being mm. fitted into this as well. Yeah. Would he, would he put on the accent, the Spanish accent as well? Oscar. <laughs> Guatemalan accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, I um, actually, this is the second movie, a Spanish movie about time travel I've watched, and I only realized that now. Uh, I've really? also watched uh, Mirage. Have you seen that one? No, it's actually pretty fun. I mean, the concept of time travel there is a bit different. You just have a uh, a TV that connects the past with the present, and um, yeah, it's pretty fun to watch. And I, I these Spanish people, they're actually making some really fucking good movies. This is like the third Spanish movie I've watched where I've been like, yeah, this is some good shit. <laughs> I I like I always forget about him, like Pedro Almodovar existing. Hmm. Isn't he Mexican? No, he's Spanish. Uh, and like, mm. I always forget about him. And then I watch one of his movies, like, oh, this is amazing. Like, he's such a good director. And I always mm. like forget that he's a thing. I don't think he, I've seen a single movie by him, unfortunately. I'm uh, uncultured in that way. He has a very, I mean, and he's also the guy who brought Antonio Banderas to the world. So, and he so really think, was. Yeah. And, and Penelope Cruz as well. So, I think we have a lot to thank for him for, if not only for his movies. 
So you're saying that Robert Rodriguez wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Pedro Almodovar? Uh, does he have a career now, or is he just making like kids' <laughs> movies? Um, he he has a TV channel. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> he owns a TV channel Good called for LA him. Network. <laughs> he directed uh, Alita: Battle Angel. I saw that in the cinema. It was like a big yeah. You saw it with me even. Yeah, I, I, I how, what, what was your takeaway from that movie? It's like quick, I need to know. Did you hate it? Didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Just it was fun to watch. I like sometimes I just want to watch a movie and be entertained. As I've said multiple times on this <laughs> pod, <laughs> unlike a recent movie that you both have loved, and I absolutely do not understand why. And I was super disappointed to see that Philip gave it four stars. Because if he had given it like a two, I would have felt vindicated. But now I just feel stupid. <laughs> and I'm, I'm almost like on the brink of quitting movies altogether. Uh, so Which movie? Uh, Licorice Pizza. Yeah. I just don't get you it. Like I will like rewatch it. I, I liked it as well. I had like an, an hour long discussion about it today after I watched it with my partner. And uh, what did she say? She, I mean, she's like... She likes it, I think, but she has a, a lot of problems with the, the pedophilia, the, the relationship, the subject matter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if I like it less because of that, but yeah, no, it's a, it was a fun watch. Do you think you would have given it five stars if she wasn't like sitting behind you when you were rating it on no, her box? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. Uh, it's not anywhere near my favorite. Uh, Paul Thomas movie, but uh, okay. But in one minute or less, what was the movie about? Not all movies need to have a plot. Yeah, they can just be a feeling. I feel like this one had, but it just slipped me, and I really want to know what it is. It's about like hanging out with people. It's like, just it was boy age. Like what's boyhood about? And I, I don't like boyhood, but what's boyhood? Well, about? I haven't watched it. <laughs> I mean, coming I, of age, I get it, but. This just felt so weird to me. The whole thing just gave me a weird vibe. And it wasn't even the pedophilia. Like, I've watched Call Me By Your Name. I've seen that shit. Um, <laughs> but, like, come on. I, I just don't... I'm, I'm going to rewatch it because of you guys. And if I don't like it again, I'm quitting. I'm quitting everything. I'm, I'll never watch a movie again. Because I feel stupid. Well, well, I really feel stupid. What's, what's your opinion on Paul Thomas Anderson? Because I feel like you need to like his movies. I feel like I've never watched another Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like he was the Phantom Thread guy, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I know people are horny for him, but I've never watched a single PTA movie. You haven't seen There Will Be Blood or no, no Boogie Nights. Uh, try watching Boogie Nights because, like, this movie is. I, I think Boogie Nights is better, but Licorice Pizza is sort of like Boogie Nights, but with less plot. Okay, uh, you know I think, what? Uh, I think you might uh, like Phantom Thread more, though. I would, I would recommend Phantom Thread over Boogie Nights. I haven't watched Boogie Nights in years. I remember being lukewarm on it but i know people love it i think i just have a problem with marky mark yeah but he's such an asshole in that movie that it kind of works like his his character is an asshole in general uh magnolia is probably the one of his like i think i like the least because it's a bit up its own ass i remember seeing like a, American... a comment on letterbox that was like the only issue i have with this movie is that it's not magnolia so <laughs> I guess people disagree. Uh, but I, I put Magnolia in the same category as like American Beauty, but maybe American Beauty is a bit more over the top. But go ahead, Ned. Mm, I mean, I'm going to say it here on the part. I'm going to watch 
all of those movies and then I'm going to rewatch Licorice Pizza and I beg you to have an episode about that because we'll see if I've changed my mind or not. <laughs> While we're on this like subject matter, I when was the last time you watched Clueless? Because I saw you had given it quite a lukewarm reception. And I, I watched was... it in 2015. It was winter. It was minus 38 degrees. I was in Lapland and maybe that <laughs> influenced it. And I fell asleep midway through it and woke up and it was already close to the ending. And I was like, yeah, I was kind of bored, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like you were sitting in like a fishing cabin in Lapland <laughs> watching it on like a small VH, like a small CRT TV yeah. with a built-in VHS player. <laughs> almost, almost, yeah. So like and you I, had to slap the TV once every 10 minutes because this reception gets bad. I had like a shitload of candy with me. And one fact, I don't know if you know about me, but the tiniest amount of candy just puts me to sleep. I don't know. Like people get a sugar rush. I immediately fall asleep. Last night I ate like two of those chewable candy whatever they call the cola flavored i was out like for two hours on the couch <laughs> jesus yeah jesus. so that was i, I, I like I, I like i, I like how you said like i ate those chewable candy i was like no i i drink candy you know like the li li liquid <laughs> no but you have the chew and you have the suck those are the two candies that i know <laughs> <laughs> you chew on the sucking ones as well the two Come categories on. of candy <laughs> Hey, hey! Uh, the uh, sucking sort of, ones are just the crunchy ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to. I want to make a like a disclosure that in this episode, I am telling Ned that sometimes you have to chew on the things you suck. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I needed to make that joke. Uh, one last. One last derail about this. Uh, did uh, what did you feel about the Oscar winner Coda? Did anyone else besides me see it? I, I, I watched. I, I don't know anything about the Oscars except that one thing that happened. I, yeah, and something else. happened. Anything else? Yeah, something happened. Uh, Coda won. Oh, I was actually rooting for Drive My Car because I really liked that one. Did you and, watch it? Uh, we're gonna complete. No. Uh, we're gonna completely ignore the main subject of Oscars and go back to Los Cronogrimenes. Something Chrono happened at the Oscars. Grimenes. Do you want to? Do, do you really want to talk about it? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I really don't. I'm so tired of this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one thing I say, it was the best birthday present I've ever gotten. Oh shit! You Happy had a birthday. birthday. Yeah. Um, you know what? Happy birthday! And Thank the best, the best wishes come late. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I hope you you one day hate licorice pizza. That's my <laughs> wish to you. <laughs> Did you watch it on your birthday? Is that why you gave it such a high score? Were you too happy? No, I watched, oh, I watched it uh, the other day, Friday. How old are you now? Uh, undisclosed amount. Um, okay, anywho, yeah, maybe. Uh, he's, he's born in he's born in nineteen XX. <laughs> uh, can Can I just say one last thing about Licorice Pizza? Uh, sure. When, when we went to see it, when we went to see it at the cinema. Oh, uh, cinema. When the the when the asian racist uh, scenes came uh my dad started laughing pretty hard and it was just me and him in the cinema and on the way back home from the cinema i was like trying to explain to him why those scenes might be considered a bit racist and he was like well, i don't see the problem mm -hmm. so i had to sit and explain to him the like the context of racism <laughs> to my dad i mean i, I thought it was funny because the joke is on that guy I'm not that, so sure it is, because like that—that's yeah. the only way I saw it. I kind of have to agree here. Yeah, I don't—I don't think that joke is from a bad place. I think it's like literally making fun of this guy's interest and like the 
like how this was a thing in the 70s and now look at it now look how fucked up this is I think the problem is that a lot of people who see it are not going to see those scenes as the way you do. It's kind of like with the discussion we had about Black Dynamite. Yeah. Like when we talked about the Asian racism in that movie. Yeah, but yeah, but like if you, if if you like, it's kind of, it's a, I see it as kind of like a, it's such a small scene in a movie that we do it twice. But like, it's a, yeah, I mean, you can go for that kind of comment and like knowing that if you swing for it, a lot of people are going to miss the point completely. But like, I mean, People think Starship Troopers is an action movie. This is the kind and you of, think Starship Troopers is about how fascism is good? It, it? it, it <laughs> legitimately is. Let's save that. I, I can go off about this, so let's save that. Yeah. No, but I, I feel like uh, back to Chrono Criminals. I, I've, this is like time travel movies. I think are inherently like good rewatch movies, especially like the loop ones. And I had a. Mm. Like, the first time I watched this, I was like, yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty good. But, like, in the rewatch, I had a lot more fun. I felt like it was, like, less dark knowing everything. Like, the ending ending is still pretty dark. But, like, I thought it was, like, a way more fun watch on the rewatch. I can see how it's good to rewatch it. I'm, like, in general, I, what are our stance on, like, time travel movies in general? Do, like, if, you, if someone tells you you need to watch this movie and it's like, that person isn't maybe the person that's... Like you, maybe you don't like think their movie opinions are always the best, but then they're like, "This movie is really good. It's about time travel." Well, would your base opinion be like, "Uh, I don't know, it's time travel," or would you go like, "Fuck yeah, time travel"? I feel like I like time travel as a concept. I like it in movies. I was a Doctor Who fan. I'm not a Doctor Who fan anymore. I had a Tumblr. I don't have a Tumblr anymore. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that sums up the Doctor Who fandom. But I I like them. I it makes you think. But sometimes I don't want to think too much. And that's something you can tattoo on your body. <laughs> I can't like on top what? of my head. I can't think of that. Like, I can't really think of any time travel movies in general. I haven't seen it. Pri- Primer is like before when you oh, said wait, that this movie is it. Is that the really short, the eighties one? I'm thinking about Scanner. No, Primer. Primer is like the one. It's like a, a really short. No, it's not really short, but it's a really low budget movie. I think it, it costs like five thousand dollars. Is that with the box? Or $500. Yeah, it's a plastic box. But when everyone talks about like movies portraying time travel absolutely most accurately, they say, like, oh, Primer. Prime is the one that had like oh, Stephen really? Hawking uh, levels of uh, like intricate ex- and like precision level of uh, like analysis and that analysis is analysis of how time travel works. But then I watch Primer, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget. I, I realize now how much I hate movies that are too smart for its own good. <laughs> movies that make me feel like this movie is too smart for me Um, or movies that think they're too smart like tenet tenet thinks it's smart but it's not tenet is more convoluted than it's smart and uh, when i when i saw that in the cinema i was just like i'm pretty sure the next movie about from christopher nolan is going to be him like having sex with a clock because all of his movies are about clocks at this point And now he's making a movie about uh, Oppenheimer, so we're going to see if he fucks a clock in that one. Atomic Watch. Ayo. Oh. <laughs> I Googled. I'm actually, uh, side note, I'm listening to the audiobook that uh, the Oppenheimer movie is based on. Did you know that Oppenheimer had like a whole, he had like the first third of the book is about how Oppenheimer is an incel. Like he can't get laid and he's super depressed and sad all the time. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Christopher Nolan is going to try and capture that in a clock sense. <laughs> See, like the time is ticking down from him getting laid. Probably going to make him an action star. 
I uh, <laughs> I googled the time travel movies and I'm just gonna name a few and you just say fuck yeah or fuck no. Lucy. Yeah. Haven't seen. Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. Synchronic. Have you seen that one? Nope. Yeah. It was, mm, it was okay. No. No. Shrek Forever After. I haven't seen it. Except the fourth one. Yeah, I think yeah. so. <laughs> I don't remember anything, but remember it's being okay. Final Girls. Oh, fuck no. I hate that movie so much. I know. I saw your review. <laughs> uh, you really yeah. hated it. <laughs> I mean, it. Do, yeah, yeah, no. I really, I, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a, this is going to be like something to fill my Friday the 13th void. And nope, it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. I, I want to watch it because I, I saw that it was kind of based on a book. Is it? Is that true? And I heard. That I, I think really you might good. like it, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Is, is it is it giving malignant? <laughs> uh, I mean, more CG. Really shitty oh. CG. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, mm. Have you watched 12 Monkeys? Yes. Fuck yeah, fuck uh, I saw I, I I ended it before the last ten minutes because I was like I I can't with this. Yeah, I would probably like it more if I saw it today, but it's fine. And the weirdest one that I want to say fuck yeah to is Edge of Tomorrow because I liked that movie. Oh, that movie yeah. fucking rules. Yeah. right. That movie is inc- awesome. Yeah, like, that, it's yeah. That's a different take on whole loop thing. But that's more like a like. I mean, is it a time a travel game. movie or is it just like, I mean, by that logic, Groundhog Day is also a time travel movie. Yeah, I just skipped that one because I didn't want to like name the most obvious ones. Uh, here it says that it's from Vulture magazine. The best time travel movie ever is Arrival. And I don't think that's a tra- time travel movie. I mean, it's I'm understander movie. time. Yes, that that yeah. more. But travel, no. I, I, I love Arrival, but you no, know, it's not a time travel movie. Oh, no. can I just do another uh, quick uh, side note? Uh, I had this weird <laughs> thing. It's about the Oscars again. I, I'm, I know I shouldn't pit women against each other, but in, in a perfect world, Jessica Chastain doesn't get her Oscar before Amy Adams does. And that's uh, these are my thoughts on this. I feel like... Hasn't Amy Adams already won it? Has she? It feels like she's been in. So I many feel like she had she like five Oscar nominations and never managed to get anything. And um, to me, she she had to go first. But I guess this is the bad place. I think yeah, I think Amy Adams is the better actress of Jessica Chastain. Amy Adams. Yeah, I fucking love uh, her, but I love Jessica about, as well. <laughs> about uh, Los Crono Criminals, if we're actually gonna be, if we're gonna be going back to the movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Philip, for having all these detours about your movie. <laughs> we can travel back to it. <laughs> uh, we need to finish this loop. <laughs> yeah. One thing, uh, so me as the resident uh, movie over analyzer, when I was watching this, it was like before I started getting into sort of the loops, uh, the more and more loops, I started thinking, is this movie about something else? Like, is it about... <laughs> there was a part of me that started thinking, like, is this movie about how about agency because a lot of it is very much about he does he's he's a when he's when he comes into the second loop he's doing all these things because he saw them happening in the first one so it's like free will kind of thing and i started mm-hmm. thinking like is there do you think that that's the subject about the movie or is it just a plot thing that they use to develop the time travel aspect like do you think that there's something underlying there 
I think it's mm. kind of showing the inevitab- inevitability of things because yeah, you travel yeah, back in time, but you're still the same person. You're still going to do the same things because that's who because you are. Like, I, I have friends who say like, there's no such thing as free will. Cause like they, they say that everything will happen and you couldn't, couldn't have prevented it because it would, it did happen. So the question is like, do you think, is there, is there a universe where this movie is actually saying that there's no free will? I think it's more like the like the the consequences like the of your actions and how, how they like once they put in motion they can't be changed. Yeah, this kind of thing. More but, than but, the, like, oh, hands up in the air, I can't do anything. It's like you did this, now you're stuck with this. But we're also talking about like very small time travel. So you just travel back in one day. Maybe if you traveled 10 years and came back to like a pivotal moment where he could like close the loop, he, he's, he can already be a different person. They're living a different life and maybe make different decisions. But here you just have no like space for change or anything like that. So you're just, yeah, that same old person doing the same old shit. And the, yeah, the but, third version just realized that he had to do it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's interesting when he's sitting in the car and he's putting on like after he's gotten the car crash and he puts on the bandages and he's sort of realizing that he's Hector number two. It sort of turns into a trance moment where it's uh, like he's, it looks like he's very hypnotic and like he's just doing it out of like reflex or na- like uh, Maybe, uh, natural instinct. I guess he also has like a concussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but th- there was a part of me thinking like, th- is this movie trying to say that he has no free will in this? That he's like, like, okay, I'm putting, I'm going into my place to control myself because now I am Hector number two. It's like, I mean, I, I, maybe... I guess, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, he has a free will, but like, he has these tasks he needs to complete to prevent himself from, like, you know, stop or like to the opposite of stop existing, like to have multiple versions of himself. When you just mm. can't have that, I guess. But just to be clear, would you say that when he's like realizing that he needs to close the loop, uh, is he doing that because he re- when he comes back in time and he goes like, I need to close, the guy is telling him like, you need to close the loop or you need to let the thing, like everything will end when you're, when the Hector number one comes here. Mm-hmm. When he's, that, that makes Hector number two at that point go, okay, I'm going to do it. Is that because his motivation is... When that happens, I will be alone with my wife because Hector number no, I think one has go back it, in time. It's more like like the Hector number two is like, oh, I need to do this, or you know, there's gonna be two of me, and it's gonna be like it's gonna be bad, and like this other guy is gonna stay with my wife, and then like then he he does the job, he finishes it, but then like he like he gets you know the hubris, and like oh, I need to also prevent the death. What he think he needs to what prevent what he think is the death of his wife. And and like the loop is finished, but he like, you know, he causes his hubris causes the death of the girl instead, because he goes back in there to prevent the death of his wife. I, I, so I guess I you really had like, like all the uh, like the warning there. <laughs> I, I really like the sort of how when Hector number three how sort of disheveled he is and how completely unfazed he is when he's like he find he realizes that he has to let this woman die, and at that point like. Every Hector before him has been very much like, I don't want to hurt this woman. Like the first time he sees her, he's like just throwing like a stone next to her to see if she's alive. <laughs> and the second one, he's like, please, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. And the third one is just like, go and do this. Because, and then he's like, but, he knows yeah, but she's going like, to be pretty killed nice, by Like it. after he's cut his hair, like put all his uh, wife's coat or, and he just sends yeah. her out like to die basically. He's just like, oh, like you're so beautiful, whatever he says. And he's yeah, like, he seems like, like legitimately sad about what he's doing, but like he has to do it. And then when he just like walk outside, like puts the ladder up, like 
hides his wife, like hides his wife in the shed. He like just stay here, stay out of the way, and he's doing this like almost robotically, just to like he needs to just finish the loop. And he's like he's not very happy about what he's doing, but he realized that he has to do it. Mm. Yeah, it, it was a it was a great character development. I I I think that was the part of the. I think I've said it like three times, but I think that was the part of the movie I enjoyed the most. And in overall, yeah, I would say I really enjoyed this movie. I, I, one thing I loved about this movie was how you could tell that, like, it was really beautiful in terms of like how grainy it was. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love the sort of washed out and grainy look to the the footage they used. Uh, I started watching a TV show recently called uh, Winning Time. And that one is like they're trying to make it look like it's the 70s, but they're using obviously a filter over a digital film because you can see that even when it's still frames, it's still filtered like the uh, grain is moving around. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's like when they're freezing a frame and zooming in, you can see that they're zooming in on an actual camera negative, And I love that. Like you can see it's actual grain. Yeah, uh, this movie does like a couple things like... Um, like shot wives that are like I really enjoy, just like these small things. Um, in the very beginning, there's like uh, they do the the classic, you know, move the camera away from a sex scene, and I like the way it does it because like Hector Hector number one and his wife start like having a funky time on the couch, and then he just like oh he sees that drop the phone on the floor and just like picks it up and like puts it down and then like the the camera just stays there where they put his hand. Um, it's also like when he's running up to the the big science building. He like runs up to it and then like you you don't realize this glass in between like you're the camera's inside the building and you don't realize until he like taps the glass. So it's kind of fun. And then it uh, when he's Hector too and like, try to kicking a door, it does these like super dramatic like zoom in every time he kicks the doors until it's like a, a full close up, which is I also really enjoy. It ha it has that let's put on a show, let's make a movie feel where it's like they maybe didn't have the biggest budget or the most resources, but they're like using what they have and they're doing it very cleverly. Yeah, the, like, the only time I think it fails with this is like when, um, uh, when Hector Two is getting explained by the science guy that Hector Three put this in motion and he does this like flashback kind of thing. Oh yeah, with which the is hand. super ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and it zooms in and you can see it; it's still still grains. So it's like it's like almost like they did it. In, and, and there's no it, need for it because you literally see that like five minutes yeah. later. So kind of like yeah. a UFO documentary. That's how it yeah. To me. yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of shots in the movie. I don't know if it was because the lighting was bad or something, but there were a couple of shots in this movie where it looked like they used green screen for him just like walking up a trail in the forest because like his feet are below the sort of the black bars, the borders of the uh, frame, and he's just like standing looking up uh, a trail up to uh, the forest, and it like his lighting is completely different from the rest of it. And I'm like, did he do a pickup shot and a green screen for like uh, just him standing on the on the trail in the forest? Well, aren't you detail oriented? <laughs> I never noticed that. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm like a specialist when it comes to noticing when things are green screen or not. Like uh-huh. I tell it immediately. I, uh, speaking of shots, there was one in particular that I didn't like uh, because I thought it was unlocking a more complicated scenario, and that was when he was wrapping his, uh, unwrapping the bandage from his arm, and then the white liquid was dripping and mixing with his blood. And I was thinking, oh, maybe now something like super weird is going to happen and he's going to become this like person who jumps through time. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and it never happened. And I'm like, okay, why did you show me this then? <laughs> what yeah, was yeah, the significance? But I was thinking like, what, what is the white 
Yeah. Like, but is it like soap? Like did did we miss something there? Is I, it I a thought of Cleopatra moment? Is it milk? No. No, yeah, I thought it was turning into a body horror movie at that point, but it, yeah. it's, it was just like milk and blood. That yeah, I don't created <laughs> smoke when they mixed. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I barely remember it. Yeah, I don't remember it's why this shot is there. I, I don't know if it's like something, it's like some sort of disinfection like that dilutes the blood so it goes more from like a red tint to like a pink tint. Or, I, I don't know. Maybe. But it was in his arm, so I started thinking like, is he like secreting mucus from his arm after getting stabbed with a knife or is it no, it just, or something it's like it was just soaked i think from the, the first time travel and yeah maybe that's why they explained the pink color uh because it was already mixed there oh okay fine sure whatever <laughs> I, I i also like the visual aspect of how they they do a really strong way of portraying which hector it is like the first hector is just like him uh, regular clothes Hector 2 is the one with the coat and the bandages. And Hector 3 has like really big Hector like, bruises three on his face. Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has really, really big bruises. And like at the end, when the, it's like you're seeing him from a slight angled profile, and he has like a swollen cheek that's so big that it almost looks like a fake cartoon Richard Nixon mask. He was like sticking <laughs> out like really pudgy cheeks. And I, I was like, and his wife comes home and he's like, What's what's going on, Hector? It's like looking at him, and he just turns around. And I'm like, this is a moment where you would be like, oh my god, there's a fucking serial killer in my house because like it looks like Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> I like the moment when she came in and you saw in his eyes he was like, oh fuck, she's not wearing the red coat. It wasn't her. <laughs> Gotta go do the other thing then. <laughs> no, I I thought this movie was great. Thank you, Philip. Okay, yeah, yeah was I, really I wasn't fun. sure like how how you were feeling. On how did you feel, Ned? It was really enjoyable. It it kept me on my toes, which I liked because a, a lot of the movies that I've watched recently are just not like keeping my attention the same way. I I, I liked it was suspenseful, but also like fun, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you when you give me a, a a movie that's not in English, it immediately means that I'm gonna pay more attention because I have to look <laughs> at the subtitles. So. <laughs> Does, does anyone else feel like when you're watching a movie that's like that you have to watch with subtitles because you don't understand the language? There's that part of you going like, mm, I'm gonna be a bit sophisticated tonight. I'm taking out the red wine to watch this movie. And it's like you can doesn't matter what you're watching. It feels somewhat different than to just like sitting down and watching an American or British movie. I mean, the main foreign language movies I watch is Jalo, and it's usually like, it's it's I mean, it's trash. It's like oh. The, the actors on set spoke to each other in like three different languages and everything is overdubbed and it's just ridiculous. So like, I, I don't feel sophisticated in the slightest. I, I, I saw, uh, go ahead. Ned. I do feel kind of like uh, just looking at the, the peasants and be like, yeah, I'm better than you because I watch foreign cinema. But also I feel like I'm going to starve when I watch movies like that because I don't have the time to look down at my food to, to uh, grab mm-hmm. a bite and then I miss a subtitle and I'm like, mm, no, we're not eating, better starve. <laughs> I, I saw that I saw The Devil the South Korean movie I'm like oh yes this is a movie is very like very appreciative and then I'm watching it and I'm like this is like a real French horror like gore <laughs> this is like the most gory movie I've ever seen Korean horror is the shit I love mm-hmm. it oh there was there was a there was a there was a flinch on, on Philip's face there no, was I'm, something I'm there not, I'm not educated enough to comment on that uh-huh. I had mixed uh, experiences for that but yeah, um, that was Chrono Crimenes. What are we in for next week, Pontus? 
I'm actually going to be uh, doing a game changer this time. And uh, I have actually confirmed with you that it's okay. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be watching a movie that two of us have seen. We're going to be watching Casino Royale from 2006. I knew it. <laughs> uh, the movie I'm I had so planned excited. is a couple of... I had another movie planned for a couple of days ago, but then I was like, no, I really want to watch Casino Royale again. again Can I say something I like about Casino ago. Royale? To me, it has the second hottest hostage scene that was uh, formative for me and my sexuality. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the scene when uh, Daniel Craig is buff and wearing blue uh, shorts. Nope. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that one also helped. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. As all, Philip? Mm. No. (laughs) (laughs) Making fucking seagull noises here. (laughs) My favorite ending.